This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, you couldn't make this stuff up even if you were writing a spy novel. Just as the Democratic Party convention was about to begin in Philadelphia after a week-long focus on the Republican convention, a new email scandal broke. The hack of nearly 20,000 emails was allegedly engineered by Russia, by Russia, to give Donald Trump a boost. It showed that Democratic Party brass favored Hillary Clinton and tried to discredit Bernie Sanders, and not just that, that they were willing to stoop to doing that by emphasizing his religion and lack thereof, the fact that he is Jewish and possibly an atheist, to appeal to bigoted voters. So what does all this mean for the race? Will it give Trump a leg up after the missteps from his campaign? And what, if anything, does it mean for us here in Canada? We want to hear from you. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now on the line, I have... Adrian Batra, Editor-in-Chief of the Toronto Sun. Hi, Adrian. Great to be with you, Louie. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on. Well, what do, what do you make of this? Well, we thought, what a gong show we saw last week with the Republican <laughs> National Convention. And now we're seeing the beginning of the Democrats' convention starting equally as ridiculous, this email scandal. And we're blaming Russia and Putin is in favor of Trump. You are absolutely right. You cannot script this. This entire electoral season, this primary season for the Americans, has been out of the ordinary. I mean, Libby, I've worked on so many campaigns. I don't want to admit to how many. <laughs> I don't want to age myself. But, you know, you, can't, you have certain rule books in play. You know, you do certain things this way. Certain things are scripted. Every single rule book has been thrown out the window. We all knew that was the case with Donald Trump, and now it appears to be same, similar with the, with the Democrats. I guess it but, makes a better reality TV show. <laughs> it, it, it almost does. It really is extraordinary watching this. But what I, I mean, I, I really like that you started with sort of laying out very surgically the, what, what the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, was prepared to do against Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders from day one, and your, your listeners will recall this, has said all along the deck is stacked against him. The, the, the establishment within the party is against us. We need to fight against this. That's why he became so popular. That is why he garnered so much support. And that is why you're going to see Bernie Sanders supporters throughout this week not causing disruption, but they are going to be vocal and they're going to be loud and they are going to make some they're going to give it the Democratic National Committee some headaches this week because they now have proof, unequivocal proof, what their guy was saying was absolutely right, that, yes, they were very much in favor of Mrs. Clinton to win. That was where the party was focused. 
and him and his supporters were just, you know, disruptors and, and, and the like. But to then turn around and put your tinfoil hats on and suggest that Russia is behind these leaks, it's just beyond the pale. And, I mean, it's, it's just extraordinary how that narrative um, <laughs> is, is. That's the narrative they wanted to go into their convention with. I, I, I have to tell you, it's... I haven't seen proof of that. I mean, I, I, you know, (laughs) it's, you never know. I mean, but this is all so wacky. Uh, The only (laughs) thing that, that occurs to me is that unlike at the Republican convention where Ted Cruz got up and, and almost said, don't vote for Trump. Yeah. uh, Bernie Sanders is meeting with his supporters who have been demonstrating and saying they're not going to vote for Hillary Clinton, and I think I think he he's going to tell them. Uh, and I want to know what you think, Adrian. Yeah. You know, don't um, don't bite your nose to spite your face, and do yeah. something that will increase the likelihood of Donald Trump winning. Well, I have to tell you, I yes, of course, Bernie Sanders is going to be that guy. He is going to he is going to absolutely reach out to supporters to try to smooth things over. But these are a very dedicated group of individuals who showed up to the rallies in droves for him, who have also felt, like many on the on the GOP side, they feel like they've been left out. They feel like they um, don't have the economic, um, you know, ability to compete in the United States anymore. And they look at Hillary Clinton as very much establishment, very much corporate America, very much on that sort of side of the fence, and uh, does not represent them. Just sort of a subtext to all this, it's part of the reason why you heard Donald Trump reaching out to Bernie Sanders supporters, just saying, look, I know you're disenfranchised. I know you're disaffected. may not always agree, but you, you, you have a place here. And though I don't think that narrative will work, the Sanders supporters, to me, are far more motivated to stay home than to actually vote for Clinton, which is a huge, huge problem. In even after Bernie Sanders stood on the stage two weeks ago, Libby, and stood beside Hillary Clinton and gave her his endorsement, the the social media fury that he had to deal with from his supporters was pretty extraordinary. So he's feeling that. You know, Sanders, to his credit, you know, he sat as an independent for years. He only registered to, to, to run for the Democratic uh, nomination. But he sat as an independent. He's a, he's a self-proclaimed socialist. He has got those millennials. He's got this crowd of yep. supporters, millions of them, that that have have really latched onto his message. That's not Hillary Clinton's message. Hillary Clinton got dragged to the left. And so they if you look at the polls today and you look at the polls later in the week, you will continue to see vast majority of Americans, over 60 plus percent feel she's still untrustworthy and that is very hard to shake. Do you think that uh, part of the reason people dislike her so much is that she's a woman? No. I do not believe that that's the reason at all. No, I do not believe that to be the case. I believe that what they have seen from her time as First Lady of the United States to her time as a state senator in New York and the Secretary of State and now even running for, for the highest office in the land, they have seen her political career for a long time. And frankly, they don't like what they see. They see someone who has who has bent the rules. They see someone who has... In, in not my words, their other others' words lied. They see someone who has. Oh come on! Privilege. All politicians lie. No, I, well, sure, but this is a but this has been a let's rem, let's remember the American public 
have seen her for so many years and in so many different capacities, and they don't like what they see. Now, millions do, to be sure. Millions do. But so many don't. And that is cause for concern because ultimately what matters is Clinton has a lot of money. No question about that. She's got a big, big, big blue Democratic machine. You have to get your vote out. You have to get your people to the polls. If rural America who vote, they feel that they've been left out of Barack Obama's America, and then voting for Hillary Clinton is just an eight-year ex- or another four-year extension of that. They're not going to. They're not going to go to the polls. So there's many, many logistical concerns and challenges that um, that the Clinton campaign is facing. But w- um, would you the say the? the I mean, the theme of the Republican convention was put her in jail. I mean, to yep. me, that's kind of over the top. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it may sound over the top, but it certainly works for the narrative that has been built about her. Look at what the FBI director came out and said. He said, look, yeah, she uh, misled us, and but the, the fact is um, we can't indict her. No, no prosecutor will be able to indict this. And then we've got sort of this other subtext, this other narrative of WikiLeaks going on. Julian Assange, who everybody knows is uses a little hyperbole because he likes to get attention. He's now said, I've got stuff that's coming out this week that is going to definitely put her in jail. So regardless if you believe it or not, if you're if you're a democratic strategist, you're sleeping with one eye open at this point because you're you're nervous about what's what's coming out. But again, everything that has happened feed continues to feed into this narrative that she's not trustworthy, she's not likable, um, and, and whether or not they sit on their hands or hold their nose and even potentially vote for Trump is, is, is a big part of the Democrat strategy right now to, to try to make sure that this week goes off without a hitch. Adrian, uh, yeah. let's give out the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Want to know what you think about what's going on south of the border, the gong show, the Democratic gong show followed, which is now following the Republican gong show. Do you think it's going to impact us? Donald Trump, of course, uh, quite anti-trade. Hillary Clinton, less so, but Sanders supporters, anti-trade. They want new uh, trade deals with Canada. I don't know how they uh, open that up so easily. I need Congress for that. Uh, and uh, just uh, what do you make of all of this? And, and Adrian, it seems like this is going to be the election of people who feel disenfranchised. So will they confirm their disenfranchised status by staying home, or will they go out and vote for disruptors? And that's the multi-million dollar question. And I don't know the answer. I mean, I think that I think that the both sides of the aisle between the disruptor of Trump and even even Bernie Sanders, it just goes to show you the consternation and the angst and the frustration within the American electorate right now. I mean, they are they were prepared to hand over the Democratic nomination to a guy like Sanders, who, again, is is so far to the left of mainstream voters that they wanted to give him a shot because there's so much frustration. People are sick and tired of being lied to. People are sick and tired of their tax dollars being wasted. People are sick and tired of just, you know, the establishment taking advantage of them and taking them for granted. Sounds a lot familiar than what we, you know, very familiar to what we dealt with in the city of Toronto, you know, six short years ago. So 
you can't discount that desire for change and just to throw the bums out. Um, and, and that's and that's happening. But now they've got now for the Democrats, they've got Hillary Clinton. You don't get any more establishment than that. So if if Sanders is able to shore up his base and and rock his vote to, to Hillary, she will likely prevail come come November. But if he can't, and if they they are so t- they continue to stay ticked off, or do a write-in ballot, a write-in name, mm-hmm. then 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 Donald Trump could very well be the next president. Mm-hmm. And. Uh... What does that mean for Canada? Do you think he'll be able to, uh, he would be able to make good on his threats about uh, ripping up trade deals, not honoring NATO commitments? You know, I think one thing that I, I, I think needs to be put in perspective, when when a candidate talks about ripping this up and tearing that up, it takes a Herculean task in order for, for that stuff to go on. And let's not forget, Hillary Clinton also wants to rip up TPP because remember I just mentioned how Bernie Sanders had pulled her to the left? Well, she got so dragged far to the left that she's prepared to rip up trade deals too, notably the TPP, which is the most recent. So you have to have an act of Congress. You have to work with the House. You have to work with the Senate. What I suspect Donald Trump will do is I think Donald Trump wants to be president of the United States. Do I think he wants to have a rigorous legislative agenda? No. I think he will leave that to the Senate and to the House Republicans under Paul Ryan to sort of lead that charge. So in order for him to enact much of the things that he's talking about, he has to work with the two other levels of government. He doesn't want to be like the current president, Barack Obama, who's been very well known for doing executive orders. And that sort of this, you know, is is a very heavy handed way of getting your legislative agenda through. Trump isn't going to want to do that. He's going to, I suspect he will want to use that sort of executive power very, you know, sparingly. Now, with that said, there is, um, there's a lot of things that Trump is even talking about that have to be carried out at the state level. He has to work with the governors. He has to work with the state legislators in order to, to push his agenda through. So I only say all of this to, to sort of allay sort of that so-called fear factor out there that he's just going to come in and, you know, it's going to be scorched earth. It's scorched earth right now because it's political uh, campaign rhetoric. But when governing is a very different thing, and he's going to very quickly learn to realize that. (coughs) Sorry. Um, We have to take a quick break. Adrian, we're going to be right back with more, but let me give the numbers before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. We want to know what you think about the gong show or shows going on in the United States right now. Do you think that this will help Trump? Do you think that uh, the week of conventions, if it gets back on track, will give the Democrats an edge? Uh, We'd like to hear from you. Uh, We're taking a quick break now, and we will be right back after this. Thanks. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And I am on the line with Adrian Batra. We are talking about the gong show south of the border, uh, the latest email hacking scandals just uh, at the start of the Democratic National Convention, uh, another problem for them. Let's go to the phones. We've got Stan in Brantford. Hi, Stan. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? 
Good. I think, uh, as your previous caller stated, the electric and the, and, and the states are just fed up. I mean, uh, lobby groups are not lobby groups. Uh, you're bribing. Um, they don't trust the, the Democrats just passed that they're going to have their super PAC group again in regard to five or 600 votes that, that are set aside for the establishment to vote on. I mean, that, that's a sign that they don't trust the electorate. Uh, I think it's going to boil down to who's ticked off the most and who are they going to vote for. They don't trust Hillary. Uh, Donald may not be the best, but he may he may get in. Yep. And this email scandal, I mean, if it, and I'm assuming people are saving more and more as time goes along. Uh, how corrupt is it when, when the party that's uh, trying to support two people is saying, well, don't vote for, uh, for Bernie, vote for Hillary? Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a mess there, isn't it? Oh, it's a real mess, and unfortunately, I think the establishments are going to win out at the end. I mean, uh, they've done. Obama's done nothing on uh, immigration over the last eight years. The uh, Senate didn't want to work for him uh, or work with him, and uh, I don't know if it's going to be better. But I think the important thing that they said at the beginning of the election: this is a significant time in the history of the United States, and something's got to be changed. Okay. Stan, thanks for your call. Okay. Let's let's go to Ken in Etobicoke. Hi, Ken. Hi, how are you doing, Libby? Fine, how are you? I'm good. I'm asking you one thing today. What's that? Canadian media and CNN is bashing Donald Trump. I want you to tell me and them one thing that Donald Trump says, which is un-American. I, I'm not bashing Donald Trump. I'm... Um... Your media. Well, our media, yeah, but I'm not bashing Donald Trump. I'm merely observing the phenomenon. So, um, Adrian, uh, uh, do you think Donald Trump is un-American? No. I think Donald Trump is arguably the most American candidate that we have seen in a very long time. Look, there is nothing wrong with saying making America great again. There is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to put American workers back to, to, the, to jobs. There's nothing wrong with fighting for those principles. And that's what Donald Trump is all about. So no, I do not think Donald Trump is un-American. I think he's very pro-America. Right. And I think to the, to the, uh, to the sacrifice, perhaps, of broader immigration into the United States. But Libby, I'm telling you, there is a growing consternation of things going around, going on around the world. Um, Germany is literally on fire right now. I Germany mean, is Germany you know, is it's, on it's, fire it's, right now. That's a, no doubt about that. It's a mess. And so, though I think most Americans don't realize or don't don't think that that quite is going to happen in the United States, but the very real possibility of of you know domestic terrorist attacks and, and things like that happening, it continues to to point out that some of the things that Mr. Trump is saying is very much in line with how um, many Americans. Feel. They may not say it out loud. They may not feel comfortable um, that it's not politically correct to say that we know we need to look at our immigration and things like that. But he's saying it for them, and they're going to mark their ballot for him come November. Okay, well, we'll have to see uh, how it all uh, turns out. Uh, I can take uh, one more call very briefly. We have to go to something else. So, uh, hi, Sunny in Etobicoke. Hi. Uh, we we only have about a minute left, so please go ahead. What I can't seem to understand, uh, Republicans and conservatives what, can't seem to see the forest for the fire. 
as much as a binary choice between two people because they only have two parties. So it's a binary choice, whoever you wish to pick. But if you can't see, it's not that I'm a Hillary Clinton supporter, but if you can't see that Donald Trump is no uh, person for the underprivileged, and Donald Trump, uh, you're quite correct to say politicians lie, Libby, and yeah. Donald Trump lies with every time he makes a sentence, the following sentence is a lie because he contradicts that sentence. Well, that that's actually been proven by the guy who ghost wrote his book. The the guy is perhaps um, uh, not a big truth teller. I think you're right about that, Sonny. So, so, um, so if we, we, we look at the political system, the system is rigged no matter how you want to do it. The problem that conservatives have is that their dream or their uh, ideology is dead. It is dead in the water. And they can elect Donald Trump and it will be even further dead. So they can root for whoever they wish to root. But if they elect Donald Trump, Donald Trump will show the rest of us that he's not only a racist and a misogynist and whatever other adjectives they are to ascribe to him, he is somebody that is not just a good politician. He doesn't understand politics. Okay. Because politics is a blood sport. Okay, Sonny. a blood sport, you must have a thick skin. Okay, Sonny, we, we've got you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> we're out of time now. And uh, we're going to have to be turning to another subject. Adrian Batra, Editor-in-Chief of the Toronto Sun, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. I'm sure we'll be talking again. We'll be talking again. I mean, look, if, if this thing is so divisive here in Canada, uh, when we're just observers <laughs> watching it on television, uh, you know, I think that gives us a bit of an idea of what's going on in the States. Absolutely. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.